Hey, travel besties. Welcome back to the Passports and Coffee podcast. A travel podcast where we help you to travel more with a nine to five. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Sharia. Don't forget to grab yourself a cup of coffee. And let's become travel besties and inspire each other to travel the world. Welcome back, travel besties, to a brand new episode here at the Passports and Coffee podcast. We are super excited. We are going to be sharing with you some of our favorite solo female travel destinations and some reasons why we think they're good picks for solo traveling. So without further ado, Kayla, what are you drinking today? I am drinking an iced pistachio latte with a cold foam. Yeah. Ooh, I love a good pistachio, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I am not – I'm drinking a hot coffee today, and I'm actually trying out a copper cow coffee. We've Mm. had them so many times in the past, but um, I've never tried just a plain black coffee from them before, so I'm giving that a try, and it's actually really delicious. Do you have the uh, creamer in it? No, No, it's just – I'm just doing it black. Yeah. I'm I'm giving it a go. Trying something new. It is really good. Yeah. So for those of you guys who don't know, Copper Cow is a Vietnamese drip coffee. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Travel friendly, by the way. We love them. We found them when we were going to Utah and we needed something kind of quick and easy to make coffee while we were in our van, if you guys remember. And it's been a staple ever since. I love them. Yeah. Even if I'm not traveling, they're just so quick and easy to just make really fast and they're delicious. They're yummy. And I bring them to work too. They're easy at work. So like if I want like an afternoon pick me up or on the weekends, so at my hospital on the weekends, the coffee shop's not open, especially on Sunday. They're not open on Sunday and they're only open for a couple hours on Saturday. And sometimes if I'm busy and I miss that window, but I need like an afternoon pick me up, Copper Cow comes to the rescue because it's so easy to make. Yeah, that's yeah. so awesome. That's such a good mm-hmm. tip, too. It's like just throw oh, it in your bag. Then, it's flat. Plus, hospital coffee, if you know, you know, it's awful. <laughs> like if you go to like, you know, the machine. No, it's just it's yeah. crap. I mean, <laughs> gas station coffee is better than hospital coffee. So Copper Cow always comes to the rescue. I love it. <laughs> um, this reminded me of a story unrelated to anything other than hospital coffee. So I was at work. And the mm-hmm. we have a couple of volunteers that will help bring patients to their, their rooms. Sometimes I'll help brew mm-hmm. coffee. And I mm-hmm. was the first one in, so I brewed a cup of coffee, or I brewed a pot of coffee. And the one who showed me how to open for the morning, she was like, I like to do a bag and a half for a pot. It just tastes good. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep on doing a bag and a half. So one of the volunteers... How bad was it? It was bad, No, it, it? Well, I haven't tried it. But one yeah. of the volunteers was there later that day. And she was like, oh, the mm-hmm. coffee's almost gone. Do you want me to brew another pot? I was like, yeah, maybe you can just do like half a pot. Like maybe just half a bag for half mm-hmm. a pot. And I think she was confused on what I was saying because I told her that the one who normally sits up front likes to do a bag and a half. And she's like, really? That's a lot of coffee for a pot. And I'm like, I mean, I... I think it's an adequate amount. So she, <laughs> so she yeah, right? ends mm-hmm. up, this volunteer, ends up putting a full bag of coffee in half a batch, half a pot. And so she was giving it, she gave it to a patient. She's like, hey, do you want to taste this really quick to see if it's too strong? And the patient was like, yes, that's too strong. And so she ended up just brewing another plain water batch over to make a full batch. 
So later she comes up to me and she goes, Mm -hmm. hey, so a tip, I think one bag of coffee is really good for a pot. And in my head, I'm like, great. Like I'm never up here brewing the coffee. So I'm not the one to be told. And then she goes to say, I don't think you're a coffee drinker, but I, I think that you should do one bag. It's really good. It tastes really good, like a coffee shop. Did they know that you used to work at Starbucks? No. So I go, oh, I drink a lot of coffee. And I was like, and I was, and I was like, I like it kind of strong. And, and I was like, yeah. And I've, well, and then she said, I don't think you drink coffee. And I was like, oh, I worked at Starbucks for 16 years. It went over her head. She didn't even like listen, pay attention to it all. I'm like, I I was cool. Like if you want to do one bag for a pot, whatever you can, you can, you do you, but It was just a funny thing, the funniest statement of like, oh, yeah, you must not drink coffee. You must not be a big coffee drinker. I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> honey, if only you knew. <laughs> we also have a podcast called Big Coffee Drinker and Coffee. <laughs> we talk about our daily coffee so, drink. <laughs> yeah. So I just had to share that funny story. Well, we do. Um, unrelated to the topic of the day, but there you go. But, yeah. but you guys, check out I must Coffee, not be a coffee Drinker. Yeah. I don't know. Check out Coffee Cow. If you guys are traveling and you're worried about the location having good coffee or like even a hotel sometimes, like it's one of those things where it's like I want coffee in the morning. They Mm -hmm. are great because a lot of times there's a kettle, especially in Europe, there'll be a kettle but no coffee. So that Copper Cow comes in clutch. And Mm -hmm. I used it throughout my whole travels in Europe when I went last winter. So They're so handy. They're great. They really are. I love them. (laughs) So speaking of Europe – We are going to be jumping right in to some of our favorite solo female travel destinations. And honestly, we think Europe in general is a really great place to start. The public transportation is really great. It's easy to move around. And for the most part, the language barrier is not that vast. So you can really communicate well with Mm -hmm. other people and not have too many miscommunications. Do you have a specific one that you like for maybe a first-timer solo travel in Europe? So I think for a first time solo travel destination, from what I look for, I always make sure that there's good transportation and that the language barrier is not going to get me completely caught up. Yeah. So with that being said, obviously I think like England in general is a good mm-hmm. place to start, especially if you're worried about the language barrier and the public transit. I think London is easy to get along, like get around, but also I think London is a good hub for like day trips, right? So like so true. you can hop on the train and you can get to Windsor, you can go to Oxford, you can go to Bath and like you can do these like day trips or you can extend for a couple days. And most of these day trips that you or cities that you go to like um, Oxford, you don't need a car or anything to get around around Oxford. So if you wanted to spend a day or two, it's possible. So I do think like a destination like that is great for a beginner. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's other countries as well that would be a good beginner. Yeah, maybe destination. a little bit more. I don't want to say advanced, but one that maybe English is not the first language. I really had a great time in Italy solo. I thought the public transportation is great mm-hmm. and the people there are so friendly and so accommodating and, and want to be helpful of you wanting to get to where you want to go. So I thought Italy was great. Really, I spent a lot of time in the north and central Italy and Rome, and I felt like all of those cities that I was in was great for, for getting around. I think the train system in Italy is like 
superb. I think it makes it very easy for you to get from place to place to place, mm-hmm. um, which makes Italy, I think, a really great solo destination. I think it also helps that there's a lot of tourists in Italy as well. So I think yes. with that, the Italians really do know English. So it's not one of those things where if you're concerned about the language, most of the menus are in English. They'll give you an English menu, stuff like that. So I do think that that does make it a mm-hmm. good destination for like solo travel. Yeah, because it is. And with Italy being an Italian being a romance language like English, you can almost kind of guess when reading menus if it's not in English. You can kind of guess of like, oh, yeah, like yeah. linguine or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it may be on the menu. You can pretty, pretty much guess and it won't be in a whole lot of trouble. Well, I mean, because most of those Italian words we use are so in similar. The, yeah, like in the cafe, English. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. yeah. So you can kind of guess what it is, which makes it slightly easier. But like what Shreya said is I do think the Italians are very friendly Mm -hmm. and they want to help. And I think it just makes for a good solo destination, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a beginner. Yeah. And there's so much to do and so much culture that you will never find yourself bored. Yeah. And and that can be a hard thing, too, is if you're by yourself, you might feel like you're going to get bored or lonely. But there's so much stuff there to do that you're mm-hmm. going to be preoccupied that you won't even think about the thought of possibly being bored. Agreed. I think another location if you're looking for some beaches and just to like chill in the summer, so like your typical European summer, I do think Greece and Croatia are good destinations. Mm-hmm. I think the ferry system is very easy to understand. I think it's easy to hop on a ferry and go where you need to go. I feel like the ferries also are very good at announcing where the next stop is. So it's like you're not really confused if this is your stop or not. I know when I spent um, over two weeks in Croatia, I did a lot of day trips. I did, you know, a lot of hopping on ferries, which was super easy to understand. I mean, if you're in split, they all are in the same (laughs) area, right? So there's a lot of signage as, as well. So like it's really kind of hard not to get on the right ferry. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I did a lot of day trips to several different islands, which I thought was easy to see the islands. So mm-hmm. like I didn't necessarily stay on the islands, but I was able to spend a day trip. And the ferries are very frequent during the summer. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an easy trip as well as like I just felt like – Croatia in general, like especially like the split area, there's a lot of tourists, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't feel unsafe. There was a lot of people. Yeah. It was kind of like a small – like split is vast, don't get me wrong, but it's also kind of small Yeah, where like I felt like I was safe walking around the city. I don't know. I just felt like it was a nice solo That's, destination. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that I felt so safe in Croatia, mm-hmm. and I was there not in touristy season when it was pretty empty, and so it's really nice to hear that I felt super safe when there wasn't a lot, a lot of people around, mm-hmm. and you felt super safe when there was a lot of people around, because with those hotspot tourist destinations, you can, the uh, potential for petty theft is, or petty crime is going to be a lot more higher just with mm-hmm. the amount of people that flock there so it's really nice to hear that you also felt safe 
Yeah. When I was super busy. Well, I think Greece too. I think Greece would also be a good destination for solo travelers as well. Mm -hmm. I think there's like a lot of those options for hostels on the islands. Mm -hmm. And I think the ferry system is really good too, right? So like there's a lot of ferries that leave Athens that go to several different like directions where you can hit several different islands on one ferry line. So they also have frequent ferries in the summer, but also they have quite a lot of ferries that leave in the winter as well. Like we went in February and mm-hmm. there was several ferries that went to all of the popular islands. So I do think Greece is another one that is very solo female friendly, especially for beginners. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's one that you're also going to really struggle to navigate. Yeah. The ferry, the ferry line there was so nice. And it's a, and the one that we chose to take, it was a beautiful, beautiful ferry line that we took. The company was great. And um, they were very clear with the stops that we were taking. They had signs, like computerized digital signs of the next stops that we were going to. So it was very nice and very clear mm-hmm. um, where we were stopping, which one was next. And but they also announced in English too, which is yeah. really nice. So I mean, if you're worried about language barriers, because I know when I first started off traveling, that's very intimidating. I find also transportation to be very intimidating, especially when you're in another country and you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So to be on like a public transit where it's also in English and well, you know, lit on a screen, it kind of just eases my fears in that way. So... I do know Greece, like they were really good about that. Croatia was really good about that. England, you know, if you ride the tube, that's very good at that as well. Um, But yeah, I do think those are two countries that I think also, if you want to visit somewhere in the summer, would be a great solo female destination. Yeah. Do you have any maybe intermediate countries that come to mind that maybe – this isn't your first solo trip. Maybe you've done one or two, but you're still like not sure about it. You're still a little, yeah, uneasy or insecure about traveling solo. Do you have maybe? I would say Finland is one of them. I felt extremely safe in Finland. And the only reason why I think it might be slightly intermediate is because if you leave Helsinki, like if you're planning on going to Lapland, that takes a little bit more planning than Mm -hmm. just hopping on public transit because up in Lapland you either need a driver you need to hop on a group tour or you need like uh, hopping like on a day trip right like with a tour company Mm -hmm. because there's so much to do up there but a lot of it is in areas that you need transportation to get to now with that being said there are a lot of tour companies up there so getting around is not necessarily hard. With that being said, if you also don't want to stay in Rovanemi, like downtown Rovanemi, and you want to stay in one of those really cool igloos where you can see the Northern Lights, <laughs> which is probably what you want to do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, you have to factor in the factor in that these accommodations are not in a downtown area, right? So some of these places provide transport Some of them you're able to call a taxi in, but you have to just kind of factor all of that in. So I think, I mean, to get up to Rovanemi is super easy, right? Because 
you take the overnight train, the Santa Claus Express, from Helsinki up. But it's like once you get dropped off, like you're not necessarily in the heart of downtown Rovaniemi. Like you still have to drive in. So it takes a little bit more planning. So with that being said, I think it's a very safe country. I had no problem communicating with any finish. The finish are super friendly. I mean, they can be a little standoffish at first, but if you initiate conversation, they'll talk right back. They're very friendly. They're, they will give you tips. Um, I posted like a, how expensive Finland is type of video on YouTube. And usually locals will give me like kind of an attitude, but they've been <laughs> actually super nice about it. They just were like, Oh, oh yeah. Hey, just FYI, you, you, chose the wrong ticket you could have saved money so anybody who's coming here future wise you only need like the ab line so like they've actually been really really helpful on my videos which i'm very thankful for so i think like they also love to share their culture like the finnish culture as well so i do think finland is a great solo female travel destination i felt super safe i met fellow solo female travelers in Helsinki. So I think it's just the logistics of getting around certain mm-hmm. parts of Finland if you want to travel to Finland, especially in the winter, I think is something that you just have to yeah. consider. Take a little bit more time to plan. Yeah. Do you have nice. an intermediate destination in Europe? I do. There's a few that come to mind and they're the one, they're the countries that are not on people's top bucket list lists. Um, and I think that's the reason why it would be an intermediate is because they just haven't built as much of a tourism infrastructure mm-hmm. like Italy, like Paris, like England and Germany. Um, but I would have to say one that's a little bit more difficult would be either Slovakia was a little bit harder just because the language barrier was a little bit harder. They don't see as many tourists as their neighbor, Czech Republic. And their public transportation is not quite as extensive. Like they have some, which is great, but they don't have the full scope like Czech Republic does. Like you can take trains in between just like within the city and in um, Budapest, you have that kind of rail, like that car rail, like they do in Mm -hmm. Portugal that will take you to many different stops within the city. And they just didn't have that same level of infrastructure in Slovakia. Do you, so, sorry to interrupt you, but with Slovakia, if you, if somebody Mm -hmm. would like to travel to a country like Slovakia, I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. recommend Czech and like um, Budapest, like, mm-hmm. I know those are the countries that they usually, like, Hungary mm-hmm. and Czech is usually the ones that they'll recommend. Do you recommend those for, like, first-time beginner solo female travelers, those countries? I I do. I think it is a little bit step up from, like, very first solo travel. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be a good country, maybe your second, second solo travel. Yeah. Because it's still Eastern Europe enough where it's – the language barrier is just a little bit – Harder, not much harder, just a little mm-hmm. bit. And you can definitely feel a, a culture shift because when you're in Western Europe, you still feel like you're part of the Western world. Yeah. In Eastern Europe, you're still modernized, but it just has a little tiny bit of a culture shift. So if you're, if you've never traveled solo before or you're different, if you're new to international travel, um, that's a good one if you want just like a little bit more crank up the heat a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, just because it has enough of a culture shift where it feels so different but 
Prague especially is super easy to get around. Budapest is also easy to get around as well. So it's just more of like outside of those really big cities that might give you a little bit more of like a, ooh, okay, I got to actually try a little bit. A little bit more because it just feels a lot different because it's like in Western Europe, you just feel a little bit more westernized and it feels a little bit more like home. Mm -hmm. And in Eastern Europe, it's just a little bit, a little bit different. Yeah. But they're they're good. They're good countries because, again, it, they are big tourist hotspots. So um, it is relatively safe outside of, like, being aware of petty petty crime. But they're really great places to visit as well. They're super fun. Yeah. yeah. Any other countries? Um, if you get a little bit more south from, like, Slovakia and Budapest, I had a layover in Serbia. That was very difficult. So I would not recommend that as a first time solo travel. I was seven, eight months into solo travel and my senses were a little bit heightened or like my emotions were a little bit heightened during this layover. Like I was hungry. I had to pee really bad. And I had a layover in Serbia and there they had, that was probably the worst that I've experienced with language barrier. Um, I have like in Asia, it was a lot easier, but in, for some reason, Serbia was so difficult at this bus stop. And like I said, like my emotions were heightened. So I was like irritated that I had to pee and nobody was helping me try and get to the bathroom. And I ended up boarding the wrong bus and then they figured it out. They like, they re-looked at my ticket and they're like, no, you're on the wrong bus. And then I had to get on the right bus. So it was just like this whole mess. Um, so I would not recommend that as a first time. And I literally only had the bus stop as my experience. So I never even, I can't even give any tips or places to go in Serbia because I only saw the bus stop. But I would like to try and go back and experience it again in a different way. And now that I'm more prepared of what what it's like in Serbia, where they only accept their, their currency, they don't accept euros there. And um, so now that I know that, I'm a little bit more aware I can build a trip around that, but it'd be interesting to go back and see what it's like. What are your thoughts on Turkey? Because mm. I know a lot of um, solo female travelers always recommend Turkey to people mm-hmm. as a solo female travel destination. And I personally think it's a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would recommend it to somebody as a first time destination. Yeah. Like I I feel like there's a lot going on in Turkey, specifically Istanbul, and I I felt like with like the culture, there's a lot of different cultures going on, right? And mm-hmm. I just felt like I don't know if I would have done it as a first time. And we went there after both of us have like hit over 20 countries. Like I <laughs> yeah. think we were both verging on 30 countries each, so mm-hmm. like if that says anything, I felt like, whoa, there was moments where I was like, there's, this is a lot going on. Cause you, you know, you have like the two sides of Istanbul, you have the Asian side and the European side, and they're both very different. And I felt Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of tourists, but then there's also a lot of locals and there's a lot going on. You go to the bazaar, that was just overload. (laughs) So like, I just feel like for me personally, I would not suggest that to somebody who has never solo traveled. So I want to know what your opinions are on that. I totally agree. I think if you've never solo traveled, one, and two, if you're, if you've 
barely done any international travel. Like if your extent of international travel is maybe Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, I would not suggest this as a first as your next international travel, Mm -hmm. um, just because it's so vastly different than Mm -hmm. those other places. And it is a big stimulant. Like there's so much going on there and it would be so overwhelming as a new time solo traveler as a, and even an international traveler, it can be overwhelming. Like, like you said, like we both have been to 20, 30 countries before going to Turkey and it was very overwhelming. Um, so I think that's both, that's the reason why we both decided to go together is because we didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we both want to go really badly, but we also don't want to go alone. So that's why we went together. And I think it was a really great move to go together. I think since going to Istanbul specifically, I could go back to Istanbul solo just now that I've tested it out and I feel it. I could go mm-hmm. solo. Agreed. Just knowing the climate of Turkey right now, I would love to see more than just Istanbul but I wouldn't want to go by myself. Agreed. I See, I think there's a lot in Turkey beyond Istanbul. And I know we had this conversation with Matt mm-hmm. when we had him on the podcast about mm-hmm. teaching English abroad. And, you know, he was in Turkey for a year teaching and he did a lot of exploring. And there's a lot of Turkey that we didn't see from the coast up to, you know, mm-hmm. Cappadocia. Like there's a lot to do and see. And I would love to see that. So, but... I also don't know if I'd want to do that alone because of the fact that there's a lot of travel to get to those places. And I think it'd be more fun to experience, you know, a hot air balloon ride in like Cappadocia. Yeah. <laughs> like a romantic hot air balloon I don't know. Ride. I think like being by myself, I'd be like, well, it's cool, but it's not as fun as like if you were to see it, you know, with yeah. somebody. But I do feel the same way. I think, like, to begin with, like, it was very overwhelming. I think, like, culturally, like, you know, you're close to the Middle East. There's a lot going on. You have a lot of different cultures. And coming from a westernized culture, and, you know, I live in Michigan. We have a very large Muslim population. So for me, that wasn't, like, a huge thing. But I think it's, like, different when you're in a country where that's predominantly that and, like, men are a little different towards women you know so like Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where I was like I'm glad I came with somebody I think I would have felt very like whoa taken aback if I was completely by myself I think I would have stressed if I completely went by myself um and I don't know if I would have enjoyed it like we did if I was by myself so because it's a lot to take in yeah there's a lot going on it's a lot to take in um I feel the same way about Morocco I was gonna say let's touch base on Africa (laughs) so I have never been to the continent of Africa um, mm-hmm. We are heading to Africa um, in like Egypt a month and a very, very soon, which we're so excited for. Um, oh so I don't have any experience in Africa. And I know we're hosting a group trip in Egypt specifically because we know Egypt is on a lot of people's bucket list to see the pyramids. Mm-hmm. But we also understand the safety concern of solo female travelers. And I do follow a few people on Instagram who did go to Egypt solo as well as like in a group and they said group travel is kind of the way to go just with how Egypt is. So we're excited for that. But I, this is my first time going to the continent of Africa, which I'm so <laughs> excited for. I'm so excited to hit another continent and see what this yes. part of the world is like. But you mm-hmm. have experience in Morocco. So I, I want to know what are your thoughts on Morocco as a solo female destination? Mm-hmm. 
Morocco is crazy, just like Istanbul. I think I wasn't quite as overwhelmed in Istanbul as perhaps maybe you were, just because I went to Morocco sh- mm-hmm. shortly prior to that. So I already had that kind of chaotic feeling of Morocco. But I was nervous to go to Morocco. I've said this before. I was nervous to go to Morocco just because I didn't know what it was like. I didn't know what gender roles are so different in Morocco. I didn't know how that was going to be perceived. And honestly, like, that doesn't really bother me. Like, catcalling doesn't really bother me. So I knew that's what to expect when I arrived. But I wouldn't suggest that as a first-time solo female travel destination just because it's overwhelming. It is a little bit more difficult to get around. They don't have great public transportation. I walked most of the time. The gender roles are a lot different there. So if you're if you're one who does not like being catcalled, who does not like being approached by men, this is not a destination for you because you just have to be pre- be prepared. I was catcalled wasn't really like the right term, but I was definitely like approached or hi lady, like hi hi Yeah. See, I just feel like there's very mixed reviews on Morocco. Like some people absolutely loved it. And I think a lot of people get their perception Mm -hmm. of Morocco from Marrakesh because I don't think a lot of people really explore past that. I mean, they may go do like the Mm -hmm. desert and stuff like that, but they're not like fully exploring Morocco I feel like but with that being said I do I have heard a lot of mixed reviews some people loved it said they had no problems other people did not they felt dare I say unsafe and I don't think it's really like an unsafe thing but I think like as a solo female traveler when I'm somewhere and I feel like you stick out I stick out or I'm constantly being approached, like I start to feel like a lot of attention is on me. And as a solo female traveler, which you guys will hear in next week's episode, because we talk all about safety, or was that last week's episode? Last week's episode about solo, you know, safety with solo travel. Honestly, you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to stick out. And I think that's my thing is I feel like the people who did not like Morocco, they stuck out. Yeah. And I think there's a fine line. And I think that really depends on your experience in a country too, Mm -hmm. right? And honestly, these are all just our opinions and how we felt. And honestly, everybody's going to feel differently in different countries. For example, Shrey and I really love to Vietnam. But I have somebody that I know that just went to Vietnam a few months ago and she had a very completely different experience and she said she didn't like it. So I think it's honestly just like what you're expecting out of a country, how you feel safe, Mm -hmm. the experience that you have. Because honestly, our experiences mold how we think about a country, right? Like we all know how I feel about France. (laughs) Did not have the best experience. So it's like one of those things where it's like I think your experiences also play a factor into certain countries that you travel to. Yeah. So – yeah, experiences, but, you know, preconceived Shreya, notions. Let's face it. Shreya can really just mold anywhere we go. <laughs> it's true. I'm jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't have as big of a problem as I kind of expected. Because um, going in, like I expected to be approached or I expected to be catcalled just because I wanted to prepare myself as much as I could to understand what I was getting into. And so when I was proposed to multiple times on the streets like that didn't bother me 
if I said yes, I probably would have a thousand camels right now, but I don't have a thousand camels. So no, instead, you're still single. I'm still single, and I she's taking applications. Everybody, it's true. I am. I'm accepting applications. <laughs> but yeah, so I I actually really enjoyed it. Like I said before, I was nervous before entering Morocco. I thankfully met up. Mm-hmm. I thankfully met somebody who was staying with me at my hostel who was who went to the Marrakesh market, the main square. So we were mm-hmm. able to walk around and I felt safe with somebody walking around. And shortly within 15 minutes of walking the square, I was like, oh, I can do this by myself. Like I don't need to always have somebody with me. Because even if the men are calling you, hi lady, marry me, I'll give you a thousand camels. Like you can just keep on walking and they won't, um, they won't chase after you. And maybe they'll follow you for like, yeah. they'll step five feet, like they'll walk five feet, but at the end of the day, they're going to go back to their stall. <laughs> they're going to go back to their place where they're doing business and they're going to try and sell to the next person that comes along. So I think you just have to know what you're getting into before you go. So research a place, research um, safety, research um, potential scams, because at the end of the day, like that's what's going to make you confident to go there as a solo female is knowing what the potential scams are, knowing what the cultural dynamic is, and just preparing yourself that way, and then you'll have a really good time. So you would say Morocco is an intermediate, more expert solo female traveler? Yeah, I would say more expert. Yeah, more expert. Because I I would feel like you would need to first gain that confidence within yourself to be alone and solo travel, and you you gain confidence by experience. So Go to a couple places first, gain that experience, and then, yeah, then you can go to Morocco solo. Let's move on to Asia. Yeah. Okay. So I've only been to Vietnam, Mm -hmm. so I don't really have that much experience in Asia, but Sharia, she traveled quite extensively throughout Asia. She spent almost like, almost six months. Yeah, five, five five months months in Asia. So she spent a majority of her solo year abroad in mm-hmm. Asia. So out of Asia in general, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a huge backpacking route in Southeast Asia. Yes. A lot of solo travelers, a lot of people who are beginning their solo adventure journey actually mm-hmm. start in Southeast Asia. So a lot of young, young travelers too. Yeah. And I'm not saying people are traveling. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like, you know, the backpacking route that your typical like Thailand through the Philippines, there's a certain route. But with yeah, that being Thailand, said, if yeah. that speaks volumes to Asia, like if somebody 18 right out of school and this is their first destination, if they can travel there <laughs> and feel comfortable, I think we can too. But yeah. like I said, I don't have experience in mm-hmm. this part of the world. I've only been to Vietnam. So which countries would you recommend like as a beginner, intermediate, and maybe like expert for solo female travelers on your like in aspect my, of what you think in yeah. your opinion? In my opinion, I think the very first place that's great for that I've been to that's mm-hmm. great for solo female travel. If you're not expecting to meet anybody in your hostel and you purely want to do this solo, I think Singapore is really great. Because it's very, very clean city. Their public transportation is really well. It's very small. So you can do a lot of it within just a couple of days. Get your feet wet a little bit of how to test the waters. So Mm -hmm. Singapore is really great for that. I think if you want to do a little bit more of the 
backpack route, um, like Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, you're going to meet a lot of travelers along the way. So you'll be able to learn with them, go alongside them, and you'll feel really good traveling those areas by yourself or alongside another solo traveler. Mm -hmm. Thailand is great. They have lots of different modes of transportation, especially in Bangkok. They do have train travel. So if you're looking to go from the north to the south to the islands, train travel and ferries, they have that there. It's not quite as easy as Asia because not everything is quite in English. Some of the busier places like Thailand, they might have a little bit of English, but it's a little bit more difficult than, than Europe. But again, you'll have lots of people with you. They're big touristy spots. So it's a lot easier to get around in those hotspots like Bangkok. I would say within the backpacker route, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, I would say the hardest one is Laos. It's one of the most undeveloped than the route, and a lot of people skip over it, but you shouldn't. It's really, really beautiful. So I guess if you're doing it, yeah. right, you should do the other countries and keep Laos like last, right? Because then like you would get that confidence mm-hmm. before you hit Laos. Yeah. So what I did was... Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And I would say Vietnam and Thailand are really great um, solo. You're able to get around really well with that. Cambodia would be next. Um, it's a little bit less as easy as Thailand and Vietnam. And then Laos is the least developed. What do you think about Japan? Because you did spend some mm-hmm. time in Japan. Do you think yeah. that's a good solo female destination? It is a good solo female destination. I would say, again, not as your first one because the language barrier is the most difficult. They're so welcoming and so nice, though, and they're so polite. But the English is very hard to get around. I was able to point to things, and that was okay to like order food and stuff like that, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. But it was it was hard because there's not a lot of English signs and I had to rely a lot on my my maps to get places. I got lost a ton because I also didn't know how to use public transportation. So I was often going in the wrong I direction. Mean, you guys, this is also her first destination. Yeah, that was my first one. So, so she she like started off with a bang. I did. I started off with a <laughs> And you learned a, a lot. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you go to a destination like that, you really learn a lot. Yeah, it's true. If you're if may you're not be the easiest, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you learn a lot. If you're comfortable with challenges, you love a good challenge, then hey, I did it first for solo. Go for it. But again, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest one to to navigate. But it's super safe. It's one of the safest countries in the world. And it's it's very it is a great country to to travel around. I would feel like I would feel really safe in Japan. Mm-hmm. I just hear people talk about how safe Japan is and like the crime mm-hmm. is very low. So like I feel like if you're worried about safety and you are willing to accept some of the challenges that traveling through Japan because you know like their bullet trains and everything I hear like are amazing to get from place to place. So yeah. I think the opportunity to go to different places in Japan is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan's very high on my list. I want to go so bad. It's great. But, and so yeah, I am. The transportation is, is a little bit more difficult to, yeah. just because it's not in English. The transportation itself is very clean, very fast, and it's very easy to get from place to place with, the, with the their best. subway, with their rail. Yeah. Um, it's great for that, mm-hmm. but it's 
with someone who did not have any experience riding the subway, riding the metro, public transportation, it was a learning curve for sure for me to understand. So if you've if you've done all that before, great, go for it. But I did not. So it was it was definitely a learning curve. But I'm glad that I did it. Let's move to New Zealand and Australia. Two yeah. places that I also haven't been to, but Sharia has. Yes. Do you find those countries easy for solo female travel? Like, how would you recommend that to somebody? Because mm-hmm. they I, both speak English. They do. So when you're looking at like an aspect of a language barrier, that's not there, mm-hmm. right? So how so would you? Yeah, it's very easy in the fact that there is no English barrier, language barrier if you're a native English speaker very easy to communicate with others. And um, it was kind of, it was refreshing, actually, after being in Asia for so long, especially like Southeast Asia, and then going to an English speaking country. With that said, though, it's very large and very vast. And I would have enjoyed it so much more if I had a buddy. I think it's a beautiful country, like New Zealand specifically, is a very beautiful country. There's so much to see. But I road tripped New Zealand solo, so I wasn't staying much in hostels. I stayed at places here and there, but a lot of those places, they were living, like they were working there and living at the hostels. So I didn't make, I made some connections, but I didn't make amazing lifelong bonded friendships there. So I did feel kind of lonely just because I was road tripping for five hours, six, eight hours a day by myself. So I would recommend doing that with a buddy because it is a lot more fun with somebody to road trip with. That was in New Zealand. Um, in Australia, I had a lot more limited time. And I rode the bus a lot in Australia, in specifically Sydney. So it's fairly easy to get around in Sydney by mm-hmm. yourself. But again, it's so large. I like barely even, like I, I didn't even scratch the surface. I was just like on top of the surface. <laughs> so it's something that you definitely like I definitely need to go back and again I think it's so large and there's so much to see as well as that you'd want to share those experiences with someone else it's easy to do it as a solo traveler you definitely could it's Mm -hmm. easy enough to get around but it's a destination that I'd want to do with somebody moving on Central and South America Mm, yeah how would you how do you (laughs) (laughs) well I haven't been to Central America yet and you've been to a couple places I've been to Belize and we are both going to Costa Rica, yes. so I'm going to plug in our uh, group trip here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really explored a whole lot of Central America. It's really high on my list. Like I've been trying to get to Guatemala the last couple of years. I'm going to keep talking about it until we mm-hmm. actually go to Guatemala. Um, Guatemala is really high on my list. Um, our friend Cello that we've had on the podcast, he's been going to El Salvador like every four months, and he's really put El Salvador on my list, yes. and he's made me feel comfortable actually doing it solo mm-hmm. because he goes solo every single time I, I feel like I could probably navigate it but I haven't I think Belize is the only one and I don't know if I would do it I didn't go solo to Belize and I don't know if I would there's a lot of islands there's a lot to do I didn't stay in hostels and stuff. That's just a thing. It's like we did an Airbnb and then we did like a resort. I know like Key Cocker is a is a backpacker island. Um, a lot of young travelers. If you love to scuba dive and stuff like that, that's definitely the place for you. I also did like a lot of like the Caribbean islands and 
I, to be honest, I just don't know if I'd want to experience that alone. Yeah. I think you could do a lot of stuff solo, um, you know, like the Dominican. I think there's a lot of things that you could do solo. And I'm not saying that they're not solo destinations. Personally, for myself, I wouldn't do the islands in the Caribbean or Belize solo just because I feel like I'd want to experience that with somebody. Mm. And also, it's like a very slow pace of life and just, you know, laying on the beach and stuff like that. I don't know. I just – yeah. I don't know if I'd do it solo, yeah. but you guys, we are going to Costa Rica, so we will be adding another Central American country to our yes. list. <laughs> we are hosting a group trip in May, so May 18th through the 24th. We still have spots available. Yes. And we want you guys to join us. Yeah, we're so going to hike volcanoes. If you want to travel with <laughs> us, then you should definitely. Um, this group trip has – so many amazing things on the itinerary. Shreya, you want to tell them what we have planned for Costa Rica? Even though we do have quite a things on the itinerary, it's not a jam-packed schedule. There's lots of times for just free time, which is amazing, because Mm -hmm. we're going to start off with hiking the Arnal Volcano, and then we're going to be soaking in the hot springs. So we're going to be staying at this hot springs resort for two days. Mm-hmm. Super, super excited. And while we're there, we're going to be also visiting one of the national parks there, the Tenaro National Park. So we're going to see that beautiful blue Gatorade colored river that's there. We're going to be chasing we're- waterfalls. Yes. Finding sloths. That's what I'm yes. most excited for. I want to see some wildlife so badly. Yes. Some sloths and some capuchin monkeys are at the top of my list for wildlife. So the best part about this trip, you guys, is we are only focusing on the rainforest. Mm -hmm. So we're going to experience the Costa Rican rainforest like never before. We are going to be experiencing the rainforest both day and night. We have Mm -hmm. a night rainforest walk where all of the animals come alive. I hear the forest comes alive at night. So we will be experiencing that. Fingers crossed we don't see huge spiders because I'm pretty sure I'll freak out. But it's all about the experience. We're going to be doing the cloud forest. We are going to be walking along, you know, the largest, that very large suspension bridge that they have in Costa Rica. So this is definitely a group trip. You're not going to want to miss out on. Um, So if you want to travel to Costa Rica, you don't have anybody to go with. You don't necessarily want to do it solo. Join our group trip. Even if you've never Mm -hmm. been on a group trip before and you just want to experience Costa Rica, you should join us. And if you're wanting to dip your toes in solo travel, but you don't want to do it 100% alone, we're here to do it with you. So this is kind of an epic itinerary and I think one that you could do solo, but with the transportation and everything, I think it's easier in a group trip personally. So (laughs) you guys are definitely going to want to hop on our group trip. We have early bird pricing available. So the first eight people to book – gets to save $150. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to definitely come and take advantage of that early bird special. First eight spots get to save $150. So take advantage. After that, yeah, grab it while you yeah, can. price will go up. Um, if you're worried about price, there's also payment options. So you can pay the trip, you know, over time, which will help as mm-hmm. well. So if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to slide in our DMs on Instagram. Um, we're on Instagram at Passports and Coffee Podcast, or you can kind of talk to us individually as well. Um, we're both very active on Instagram. So if you have any kind of questions whatsoever, we are here to answer them. But 
We are about yeah. to add another Central American country to our list, and we'll be back to explain all about that when we visit. <laughs> but yeah, haven't we have not experienced Central America like we should? So we're excited yeah. for that. But mm-hmm. as for South America, yes, I will say the one country that I think is the best for beginners is Peru. Mm-hmm. I think Peru is set up for travelers of all levels. I think it's an easy beginner for the fact that there's a lot of tourists, right? So a lot of people come in for Machu Picchu, and I feel like that makes the country easy to navigate. You know, we Mm -hmm. did a whole podcast episode on Peru, and we've explained our love for Peru, so I won't get too much into it, but, you know, there's a lot of very – there's a lot of different transport op- options, right? In Lima itself, they have a good public transit that we had no problem yes. getting on. You know, we got our public transit card, and I thought it was easy to navigate. We also got on, you know, a Peru hop, which allowed us to see the country in a very easy efficient and safe way. So if you're concerned about that, but with that being said, Peru hop, they have several hop buses in South America. So they have like Ecuador hop, they have Bolivia hop. So if you want to explore some of these other countries, but you are thinking transportation might be an issue, a lot of these buses kind of work together. You know, so like it'll drop you off in one place and then Bolivia Hop will pick you up. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it makes traveling through South America, I think, easier. But I do think Peru is one Mm -hmm. of those countries in South America that makes it very easy for beginners. Mm -hmm. And I felt really safe Mm -hmm. all throughout the country. And so I think it's a really great um, option for somebody if they wanted to solo travel. Sanders is a very highly used language there, so you're able to get around so easily. And like I said, I felt so safe throughout the whole entire country. So, mm-hmm. and you guys, my my Spanish is awful, <laughs> so I was able to get around just fine. So if I can function with like very little Spanglish, <laughs> okay, I think um, you'll be doing just fine. I think it's easy to translate things. Mm-hmm. I think with Spanish, it's easy enough where if you, you know, Google translate something real quick and then try to like say it back, most people are going to kind of understand what you're trying to say. Um, I did feel like in Lima, a lot of people did speak English enough where it was easy to kind of communicate. Mm-hmm. So I do think, I think Peru is an easy, mm-hmm. easy country. Another South American country that I went to is Ecuador. I do think Ecuador is a solo destination. I mean, I did it solo. With that being said, I did like the Galapagos Islands and I don't know if I would do that solo, solo, 100%, right? Because in order to see a lot of these islands, you need a tour. So I did hop on a week-long Intrepid tour to the Galapagos. So I did it solo. I was fine solo. But with that being said, I also was with like a group. I spent my time in the capital city completely by myself. So I think, you know, Quito is easy enough to get around. It's very large and expansive. So just kind of keep that in mind. Like if you want to see like the equator, like it's kind of further out in the city. I end up like hiring someone to like drive me and like 
kind of be my tour guide for the day because there was certain things I wanted to do that I knew public transit wise would be hard to get to. Like I want to take like what kind of public transportation do they have? Is it like a metro, subway? It was like taxi. It was like buses and taxis. Okay. So, I mean, trying to get where I needed to go, I knew was going to be a little bit more difficult because like I wanted to do like the funicular up to you know the mountain and kind of walk around Mm -hmm. and then it gave amazing views of the city by the way Um, and I would highly recommend that I would also highly recommend going to the equator as well right because they are on the equator Ecuador is the equator Mm -hmm. and it's really fun because there's a lot of things to do at the equator itself. Like you can balance the egg on the nail and, you know, you weigh one weight below the equator and you'll weigh another weight above the equator. So like there's a lot of fun things and there's a lot to learn as well. But keep it in mind that I did feel as a first time solo traveler, I don't know if I would necessarily go to Ecuador. At that point, I've been to other countries. So... What about you? You've been to other countries? Yeah, I've been to Chile and Argentina. Between the two, I'd say Argentina is a lot easier to get around the capital city. Um, both countries, i only been to the capital city, so I can only speak to that. Um, Buenos Aires has a really great metro system that you can get around throughout the city. I do think that they close their metro fairly early in the mm-hmm. evening, so depending on whatever you're doing at night, um, I think they stopped running like it was like a 10 or 11 at night I can't remember so just be mindful of that if you're going to go out um, at night pay attention to the train times Santiago I just stayed in the city they were having some civil unrest within the city so I really just stayed close to my accommodations if it was more than a 10 15 20 minute walk I wasn't going there they also didn't really have super great public transportation either. So it was a little bit more difficult to walk through. But yeah, with that said, I would love to see more of those countries. I'd love to go further south and see Patagonia and see just see more of the country. I think countries are so much more than just their capital city. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, they're really easy. I would say Argentina is a lot more easier as a solo destination than Chile. But Honorable mention before great. we head out on this episode. Honorable mention, Iceland. Oh, I totally forgot about this when we were speaking about Europe. 100% would recommend as a solo female destination. With that being said, if you can navigate because outside of Reykjavik, which is super walkable and easy to get around, everybody knows English. I've never felt more safe in my entire life in a country. With that being said, getting around the country, you either need to drive or hop on a group trip or tour. day tour um, okay. because you won't be able to get anywhere on public transit outside of Reykjavik. So honorable mention, highly recommend it. That was my first ever solo trip. But with that being said, I also did a group trip that trip. I did spend several days before and after the trip by myself in Reykjavik, was able to get around perfectly fine and had no issues. But honorable mention, you would feel safe, 100% recommend, but just keep that in mind. <laughs> Honorable mention. I always love Iceland. I got to throw that one in there. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, with all of that being said, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we talked about some of our favorite solo female travel destinations. Mm -hmm. Head over to Instagram to our account, Passports and Coffee Podcast. And I want to know, we want to know, where are you wanting to go as a solo travel destination? And have you done it before? I'd love to know. So with that, thank you so much for listening, guys. We will see you in the next episode. Bye, besties. Bye, besties. Hey, travel besties. Guess what? We want to travel with you. We have teamed up with Trover Trip and created an epic itinerary that we want to experience with you. We have a group of fellow travel besties who have already booked, but the only thing missing is you. So why not use that hard-earned PTO and join us? You can book the trip or find more information on trovatrip.com, or you can click the link in our show notes. Can't wait to travel with you.